Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Streetwise Theology Out of the Ivory Tower and Back into the Hands of the Invisible Church Welcome to Streetwise Theology. I'm your host, Luke Saint. Today we're going to be taking a look at a controversial issue in uh, among theonomists, which is the Hebrew Roots Movement. Uh, with me today I have John Bingaman, who is a member of the Board of Directors of the Mid-Atlantic Reformation Society, and also with me I have my dad, Joel Saint, who is the Executive Director of the Mid-Atlantic Reformation Society. Um, on two, when, when coming to theonomy, or rather like Reconstructionism, it seems, or I don't want to say actually Reconstructionism, actually theonomy, when you come to theonomy, you have two extremes. One is antinomianism, uh, which has no law, pretty much. We can't apply any of the law. And the other extreme to me, it seems from what I found, is the Hebrew Roots Movement, which is we need to apply every single law that we can lay our hands on, uh, apply it to the best of our ability. And uh, most people listening to this podcast, are, are I don't think any antinomians are going to be listening to this. If they do, they won't be listening for long. Um, but when it comes to things like Hebrew roots movement, there are legitimate questions that need to be, that are raised saying, okay, which laws do we follow? Which ones do we not follow? Which laws are still in existence? Which laws uh, were fulfilled in Christ? And, uh, you know, there's a lot of questions about application when it comes to the law. So dad, go ahead and talk about your thoughts on the Hebrew roots movement. A lot of concerns, obviously. Um, there's a couple questions I would ask right out of the shoot. First of all, um, is there some type of benefit, spiritual benefit, that is the result of one's bloodlines? In other words, what I see coming from this movement an awful lot is, is, is that there's some kind of spiritual benefit with Jewishness, mm-hmm. if you will. Uh-huh. Uh, g- give you a quick example here. Um, uh, there are some of the Hebrew um, roots movement that want to worship with a, a shofar. Uh, they they, they want to blow that horn or whatever Mm -hmm. and they think there's some kind of a um, benefit to that because Mm -hmm. we're 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 being close to to jews right now why would you want to do that unless there was some type of benefit right with with the bloodline shall we say of of abraham yeah now let's talk about that a little bit um let's talk about the word hebrew roots Mm -hmm. okay the first time we see the word hebrew used is when we have um when we have lot actually carried away into captivity Uh uh-huh and someone escapes, everything's carried off from Lot, and someone escapes and they tell Abram, Abram, mm-hmm. the Hebrew. Uh-huh. But let's yeah. understand something here. Abraham, first of all, Abram, Abraham was never a Jew. We don't see the word Jew used until the book of Esther okay. in, in the Bible. Right. And then it was a shortened version of Judah because the, t- the 10 tribes had already been carried away. Right. That's, that's the first thing we want to talk about here. So uh, when, when we talk about a he, the Hebrew roots movement, mm-hmm. We're, we're talking about a, if, if we're going to be consistent with the word itself, mm-hmm. we are talking about a movement that must have its start with a man named Abram before he was even a Jew, before he was even circumcised, and before the law of God was even codified, okay. before we even have the, the, the feast, for example. Right. The Hebrew Roots Movement is huge in the feast. Mm-hmm. 
not sure why they're not huge in the sacrifices, but right. they're huge on the on the feasts. <laughs> right. I, I don't really quite understand why that right. is. Yeah. I think that's going to change over time. I, okay. I, I do. You think it's changed that they're going to start sacrificing? Or I, gonna... I, I I do. Okay. I, I do. I think it's going to start with the Passover sacrifice. Okay. I, I I say give it time. It has to go that way. Inevitably. So I think from the beginning. It should be called the maybe the Jewish roots movement, if you will, because uh-huh. if, if it's going to be called the Hebrew roots movement, mm-hmm. we have Abraham the Hebrew or right. Abram the Hebrew being mm-hmm. called a Hebrew right. before he's a Jew. He never was a Jew mm-hmm. before the sacrifices right. uh, laid down by Moses, before the law, before everything. And so what I see happening in the Hebrew roots movement is pretty much emphasis on things that Abram the Hebrew at least at this time, when he's first called a Hebrew, right? Never even practiced, right? Okay, all right. So you're so you're saying that uh, if we're going to actually be consistent with the name Hebrew roots, we got to go back to before all the stuff was actually imp- implemented. The, the, yeah, what 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 they're um, what they they want to practice today, and what they want to emphasize today, as I as I see it, as I understand it, yeah, it, it, it all came after. After the original Hebrew. After the original Hebrew. So if you're going to have Hebrew roots, let's go back to the root. Let's go back to not Abraham. Right. Let's go back to Abram. Mm-hmm. And this is even before uh, Paul mentions in the New Testament that Abram believed God and was counted him to, for righteousness at that time. He's, he's called Abraham. Right. So I, I, it's, it's misnamed from the beginning. But okay. here's another thing I want to say about this. And um, if you're a Hebrew roots person, you're probably going to have a real problem with this. But I believe in the end, you're going to have a problem with Christ himself. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm, I'm going to tell you yes. why that is. Yeah. Because by the, by the works of the law shall no, je, no flesh be justified ever. Right. right. My question for the Hebrew roots people would be, if there is spiritual benefit by being somehow related genetically to Abraham. Right. Or Abram. Well, Abraham, he became. Then why do we need Christ? Why do we need Christ? Mm-hmm. What what was he doing dying there on that cross? Mm-hmm. So I, I, we don't see that yet. Mm-hmm. Right now we see sort of an amalgamation. Right. But if if you get, if you get spiritual benefit from your bloodlines, who needs Christ? Right. And that was the argument of Pharisees. The whole, especially right. in John eight, yeah. we're, we're, we're Abraham's children. We've never been in bondage to any man. That's right. Christ says, well, you know, your your relationship to Abraham Abraham means nothing. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And, and, and Paul explains in Galatians that uh, in Isaac your seed sh- shall be called. And so then they they that are Christ are Abram's seed. Right. So it's, it was always the promise of faith. A question right. I would have for my Hebrew roots friends is this. When Abraham gets uh, circumcised, not only Abram, not only Isaac, but all of his household, all of his servants, of which he had many. Yes. Question. Mm-hmm. Are they Abraham's children or not? <laughs> That's 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 a good point, John. Your thoughts on the Hebrew roots? Just a couple of things to respond to what Joel was talking about here. Uh, first of all, about the name Hebrew roots, uh, is it is it actually going all the way back to Abram the the Hebrew, or are they? I, I read about their emphasis on the Hebrew um, the Hebrew scriptures and the Hebrew even the Hebrew New Testament uh, writings, which. You know, if that's the Hebrew roots that they're talking about, mm-hmm. then they're calling Scripture into question, mm-hmm. right? Which is okay. Now all of a sudden we have a an inerrancy issue, right? Uh, 
Well, you, you were you were talking about um, you brought uh, Joel McDermott's "The Bounds of Love," and you were talking about how he t- addresses some of the Hebrew roots uh, problems uh, or you know questions that they bring up. Well, yeah, the the Joel's book, "The Bounds of Love: uh, An Introduction to God's Law of Liberty," uh, of course, controversial book, and I believe it's something we'll talk about yes. uh, in a future podcast. Absolutely. Here. Um, but his arguments uh, that he's making simply uh, would bury the Hebrew roots mm-hmm. from the standpoint of all the bloodlines, all the land laws, uh, seed laws, the separation laws, the priesthood laws. They mm-hmm. all went away mm-hmm. with the new covenant. Right. Um, so then all of this from mm-hmm. the standpoint of Hebrew roots folks mm-hmm. would, uh, would disappear. Um, now, there are other issues in, the, in that book, and we'll talk about them later. Uh, but right. his his book is, uh, if you accept all the arguments in there, uh, is devastating. Okay. Uh, not that Galatians, Colossians, and Hebrews, uh, which we put a lot more yes. uh, confidence yes. in, <laughs> a lot more are already devastating to Hebrew roots folks. Um, it's just a, a current iteration of uh, a looking at, at the laws and the ritual. Okay. I mean, yeah, well, like you said, good for him for... Um, taking on that that task of even trying to come up with um, where do you start and where do you finish with the law of God? Now, Dad, you said before that eventually you're going to have to you're going to have to deny Christ when, if you stay consistent with this. From, from the from the uh, it, it looks like to me from the antinomian aspect you got to trash the law, and from the Hebrew roots eventually you have to trash Christ. And from what I've seen here, like when I when I went to research this, uh, you know, I went to obviously my favorite place, Wikipedia, because they're never wrong. Um, they directed me to a website called TorahBabies.com. Have you guys ever heard of that? I'm not. <laughs> it's called TorahBabies. TorahBabies. TorahBabies.com. Oh, I should say it correctly. Torah Babies. Torah Babies. Excuse me. But I went through and I looked up the, the about us and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and you know, it's, it's not the worst stuff I've ever read in my life. They say Yeshua, and quote in parentheses, they have Jesus. For us idiots who don't know who Yeshua is. Arrived as the word made flesh and perfectly practiced Yahweh's instructions. Um, you know, God is uh, Yahweh, is the word, and the word became flesh as Yeshua. We believe that Yeshua was sent from the Father and practiced the word of Yahweh perfectly, thus being the son of Yahweh in the same image or reflection of the Father. You know, um, not the worst stuff I've ever heard in my life. So far, I agree with, you know, most of that or all of it. And so there's, there's, they, they seem to be on the surface recognizing Christ. But here, they, that website directed me to another website called theancientbridge.com. And I started reading an article um by someone named Tyler Don Rosenquist, okay? And it was it was about, uh, it was called, So What About Christmas and Easter? Me being a huge Christmas fan. Um, anytime someone writes an article about Christmas, I just got to read it and, and see what they think. And, and this guy comes out and he's talking about um, why we pretty much shouldn't be celebrating Christmas. And for what I understand, he's part of the Hebrew Roots Movement. And he comes out and he says stuff like this. This is this is where I'm saying, like, eventually you have to trash Christ. You have to. He says this. In fact, right now, I want to make something very clear. I do not have anything but positive feelings about Jews and Christians. Same thing to him, apparently. You know, both have something good, both have something bad. Mm-hmm. And I have to give credit where credit is due. Observant Jews care more deeply about obeying God than anyone on earth. Isn't that great? 
their dedication but to family. Apparently, you don't need to, to honor Christ to obey God. <laughs> oh, I know. So you this come is up, where they lose me. This, this is, is where they lose me. See, oh, I man. mean, he just did deny Christ there. Yeah, he did. He absolutely he did. did because Christ was very clear. If you don't honor son, honor the son, you don't honor the father. That's right. How can this guy possibly say yeah, that right. these uh, people obey God when they right. dishonor Christ? That's right. That's exactly and right. And he, he has buried Christ there. That's right. He, he did. And, and he goes he goes on even worse. Let me scroll down here and find this passage where he he says something about he says this he says easter replaced the spring feast and so we lost sight of god's prophetic plan and calendar leaving us blind and unable to explain or even truly understand what yeshua didn't fulfilled yeah the new testament it's impossible for the new testament to communicate what god what christ did for us on the cross we need the feast to tell us that anyway it left us unable to explain or to our jewish brothers and sisters, why Yeshua is not an idolater and a blasphemer, but instead their Messiah. We just need to explain that to them. Yeah, they just you know? need a little information. They need a little <laughs> they, they, they got it right on most, but if they could just get it right on this part, then everything, you know, w- w- th- then they would be perfect. But right now, they just got one this one little thing wrong, this one little tiny thing. If we could just tell them that Yeshua is not an idolater and blasphemer, but instead their Messiah. I'd like to know what his problem would be then with the Pharisees and the people who crucified Christ. I, I would like to know his argument against them. Because they didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, they, they just they just gave me one little thing. And 70 years later, their their temple and their sacrifices and their nation, mm-hmm. not not 70 years, 40 years later in right. 70 AD, was completely taken away from him for what this small little like insignificant detail here. Right. Wow. I, I know I that's where they that's where they lost me. Okay, I was kind of uh, the Torah Babies wasn't the worst website I've ever been to, but then I came to this one and he started saying stuff like this. Like you know, our Jewish brothers and sisters are not our brothers and sisters. They're not. They're, they're not my. He's not my brother. I mean, I mean, spiritual brother. They're Jewish neighbors. They're Jewish neighbors. That's right. But you, you know, we're supposed to love them, and how do we love them by telling them the truth? They're telling them the truth. That's right. I, I, I was shocked that this guy had such a lackadaisical approach to Christ. You know, the a, a large part of American Christianity dotes on Israel mm-hmm. and and Jewish people uh-huh. because they actually consider them brothers and sisters and right. it's a huge problem because they hate christ that's right yeah this is uh along with a lot of other countries and that's a lot right. of other right. people groups that's right. but i mean they're no different that's right than, than that right yeah uh, there's a there's a great line in uh ian murray's uh i think it's ian murray's book uh the, the puritan hope mm. uh wh- where someone asked him well um because he was b- busy kind of taking care of that business mm-hmm. you know that israel is doesn't have any special place in our history today right well what will the jews do as uh as as christianity takes over the world and as they become christian mm-hmm. won't there be some special aspect to israel mm-hmm. and what will the jews do and he said well the jews will do in israel what the english do in england and what Americans That's right. do in America. That's right. It's just that they will be Christians. They will be Christians. It's not It's not anything special about their nation. Yes, there is something yet to be done. Right. There's something still coming. Yes, something uh, still when coming. When you take a look at Romans 9 through 11, yes, there's right. something huge right. that's coming down the pike at us. Yes. And, and we are to pray for that. That's and right. the Puritans prayed for that. They did. That revival is important. Right. And it's important to us. And it's even more important to them. Right. But it hasn't happened yet. 
it will. That's right. And, and and I would make the argument that if there's if it comes down to Puritans and the Jews, who cares about the law more? I'd say it's the Puritans actually probably cared about the law more than the Jews do. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Well, they they were lawless. There, there's no question about that. Stephen uh, charged them that with uh, not keeping the law. Right. Um, there. You're talking about speech. the Jews and the Pharisees. Talking, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Talking about the people that ultimately murdered uh, murdered um, um, uh, Stephen there, mm-hmm. and and of course Stephen calls him to a, to account, as does Peter in Acts two, right. for 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 killing the Messiah. Right. Now there is no possible way. Think about it. If Christ Himself gave the law, which He did, mm-hmm. there's no there's no possible way that you can keep the law by killing Christ, the That's one right. the one who who gave it. Right. It, it, it's, it's, it. It can't be done. Right. The the, the inconsistencies are uh, insurmountable. Right. Ultimately, yeah. Uh, you, you've got to twist the scriptures. Mm-hmm. You've got to twist your understanding mm-hmm. to uh, to play along with this. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know how to do it. When you read Galatians, when you read Colossians, mm-hmm. I mean, all of the New Testament puts this to bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Luke. You know, you remember when we, um, you know, when when we were down in, in Israel here a few years ago. Yes. And we spent some time at that blasphemous and idolatrous wailing wall. Yes, right. Which is which is nothing short of an idol. Right. I, I, as true. I stood there and watched Very that, and, and, and people like praying towards the wall, you have to pray towards the wall. Right, right. I, again, there, there's some kind of special thing about right. that wall. It's right. called the wailing wall. Right. Apparently, your prayers have some extra power mm-hmm. by being near and facing and bowing to, as right. we saw people doing mm-hmm. um, with, with all their uh, get up on and everything, right. uh, bowing towards the wall. Right. And, and what is completely discouraging to me, and, and we could talk briefly, I suppose, about whether or not the Hebrew Roots movement is the natural child mm-hmm. Not the unnatural child, but the natural child of dispensationalism uh-huh. and its obsession with yes. Jewishness, yes. if you will. Right. But we have we have at least some folks here in North America saying, "Well, look, as John was mentioning earlier, um, hey, you know what these these th- these Orthodox people, these pious people, right. these godly people, mm-hmm. we would say, mm-hmm. are simply waiting for the Messiah the, the first time." We're simply waiting for him the second time. Right. Other than that, we're pretty much the same, except maybe we we dress a little bit differently. Right. And so there we saw these people before this idolatrous wailing wall, mm-hmm. and we have the Christians in America saying there's really very little difference between us. Right. Even though if Jesus Christ appeared a second time, they put they put him on the cross a second That's time. That's right. Exactly. Well, how how can this even be? What what is wrong with us here? Right. right. And Joel, you're assuming there in that particular line of thought. That the first time Messiah that the Jews are expecting is the second time Messiah that we're expecting. Yeah, yeah. as if he's the same person as, as or something. It's the same guy. Yeah. yeah, it can't be the same guy. That's right. Now, now, Dad, you you said um, I remember you taught uh, at that Mennonite church. You taught a class on why the Christians and the Jews don't serve the same God. Now, can you tell our listeners why why that is? Why the Jews do not serve the same God as the Christians? Yeah, and and I, I'll make the illustration actually yeah, because because they're always like, hey, I, we get yeah. the same God from the same right. Bible. You just have more. Well, do you right. want to go through the Athanasian Creed? Yeah, yeah. Do we have to drag that out again? Um, and, we, and we probably do have to uh, eventually. Here's a, here's the thing, um, and I'll explain this to uh, to, to in, in the way that I explained it then, and actually bring Islam into it mm-hmm. this way. Because we get the same thing from Muslims. Yes, right. Now, that, that's a question for my Hebrew roots friends. Mm-hmm. If if the Jews, the Orthodox Jews that, denies, that deny Christ, mm-hmm. 
um, and the Reformed Jews who deny God altogether. Mm-hmm. But let's go to the Orthodox Jews, right? Okay, who who deny Christ altogether, um, but we still worship the same God as they do. Why can't we then worship the same God as the Muslims? This is another problem here that you're going to have with the Hebrew Roots movement, right? If if being Jewish and being Orthodox Jews. I can deny Christ and still worship the same God as you Christians worship. Right. God of Abraham. God of Abraham. God of Abraham. Isn't that the same God that the, that the Muslims worship? Right. How, I don't know how in the world you're going to possibly get out of that dilemma. Right. Uh, perhaps there's a way. I don't know how you're going to do it. Right. But let me explain it this way, um, as I explained it there. Because um, there were people there that were saying, hey, you know, the Muslims say we're, and I'll, I'll, I'll take it from the Muslim standpoint, but it applies to the Jews. Right. They came and say, said to me while I was, while I was uh, teaching this, it was, a, it was a course on world religions. Right. And they came to me and said, well, hey, Muslims come and say we worship the same God. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, you know, we, we can't. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, why? Well, because the God of the Bible has a son. His name is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And if we don't have him, we're still in our sins by every possible uh, statement of salvation in the Bible. Right. Without Christ, we're, we're lost. Right. And so this is the way I explained. I said, look, guys, um, let's say you have a friend named Joe, mm-hmm. and uh, his last name is Smith, and Joe Smith, right? And uh, one day... Um, you're, and one uh, day he has a revelation from Gabriel. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, yeah. I'm just joking. Okay, yeah. How, how did I fall into that one? That's Joseph Smith. And it wasn't Gabriel anyway. It was somebody else. Okay, sorry. That was actually, that was actually uh, Muhammad, I believe, who uh, had that revelation from Gabriel. Oh, from Gabriel. I, okay. I do believe. Anyway, so um, let, let's call him Frank Smith, all right? So, so, Frank, so Frank Smith, um, Francis Smith, um, he has a son, and his name happens to be John Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, and one day you are in your house and um, you suddenly realize that um, you're smelling smoke and your house is burning down. Mm-hmm. You realize that the, the, the down below is on fire and um, you, you, uh, you can't go downstairs. Your only chance is to jump out of the window, mm-hmm. but it's just too high. Mm-hmm. It's concrete and that's your only chance. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, John Smith, your, your, your neighbor Frank Smith's son is there with a ladder. And you climb down, mm-hmm. and you're saved from the fire. Right. Years later, you meet somebody else, mm-hmm. and um, who says, "Ask you where you're from," and he says, "Well, do you know Frank Smith?" Oh, yes, you say. I know Frank Smith. His son John saved my life. Oh, the other guy says, "The Frank Smith I know doesn't have a son." Right. Okay. Right. Two different. We two clearly have two different people here. Right. And the Jews and the Muslims deny the son of God. Therefore they deny the Christian God. Right. Now, if we're going to give up on Christ and become a Jew or a Muslim, mm-hmm. then, then fine, but you've lost your salvation mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's how I explain that we do not worship the same God. And we really shouldn't have to go into this explanation, but unfortunately with this right. Hebrew mo- roots movement right. and shall we say soft, uh, soft, Christians right. who who would rather sing Kumbaya right. than actually defend their Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Right. We do have to make these. Uh, we do have to have this discussion. Unfortunately. Right. Right. I, and and it is a huge. It's a huge shame. Like I like I said. Like a lot of them from that from that website. It does sound like they recognize Christ, but this other person just kind of throws them into obscurity. And you said that you you said this is going to be like the natural child of dispensationalism. But dispensationalism, it, it, it's kind of weird because dispensationalism doesn't seem to like the law at all. Dispensationalism is like, 
it's usually antinomianisms. Uh, antinomians are huge in dispensationalism, and and but this Hebrew root seemed to be like embracing every single part of the law, you know. Yeah. So, so how could that be the natural child of dispensationalism? Yeah, let me explain that. I, I think the dispensationalism's real problem is not so much with the law, but with actually what the law ultimately brings, and that is a conviction of sin. Okay. And the 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 law itself is justice. Mm-hmm. The law itself tells us how to love our neighbor. Uh-huh. Dispensationalism's problem for me is, look, I have the New Testament. So it tells me how to love God, mm-hmm. but I don't ever really have to love my neighbor because I'm going to be raptured out of here anyway. Right. And it's not about loving my neighbor. It's just about loving, loving Jesus. Right. If you will. All right. My, my question for my dispensationalist friends is, well, then how do you, do you um, love your neighbor without the law? Mm-hmm. Um, you remember Luke 10, when, when, when Christ begins to ask the question, in Luke 10, about the good Samaritan, it starts out with a question um, of, you know, you know teacher what do you believe about mm-hmm. the i can't remember the exact exact question mm-hmm. but um christ comes back and says how do you read the law mm-hmm. the law now mm-hmm. right and and the young man comes back and says love your neighbor love the lord god with all your heart soul and mind your neighbors yourself and christ comes back and says well done and christ doesn't hand out that kind of compliment too often right when when he's here on earth right and then he wishing justice justify himself he says who is who is my neighbor Christ then tells the uh, you know the story, the parable, if you will, of the Good Samaritan. Mm-hmm. So what happened was, then this is where I want to bring the two together. This man was all about the law, mm-hmm. but he wasn't about justice and loving one's neighbor. And I would put both the Hebrew Roots movement with their obsession with ceremony and dispensationalism with their lack of an applica- applicability of justice on any level, right. I put them both in the same category on that on that point. Okay, all right. Well, you're saying that the the Hebrew roots, I mean, they, don't they want to see the just laws employed too? Don't they want to see the civil the civil code enforced as well? That's that's not what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a, a list of ceremonies, okay. ritual. That that's what I'm seeing. Yeah. Okay. And to me, it's not a lot different from Christ's condemnation of the Pharisees okay. when he mentioned in, uh, in Matthew, Matthew 15. I believe, fifteen four. Yeah. You, you know, if if you if you would really be following my law, mm-hmm. the one who curses his father and mother right. would be put to death. Right. But you. Yeah, right. He says, but you people, mm-hmm. right? So in other words, you, you these people are obsessed with ritual and ceremony and so yes, forth. Right. They, they, they knew how to wash their hands even, for Pete's right, sake. Right. Right? They, they knew all this kind of stuff. Right. And But they were stealing money from their aging parents. Mm-hmm. Now let's ask a question here. Mm-hmm. In, in God's economy, what's more important? That they properly wash their hands and tied mint and cum and all this right, kind of stuff? Right. Or that they do justice mm-hmm. to their aging parents, mm-hmm. which was God's point all the time. That's we right. have this throughout the Old That's Testament. Right. You know, uh, Desire yeah. mercy, not sacrifice. Absolutely, throughout. Yes. You know, let, let justice run down like what? That was the point the whole time, mm-hmm. and that's the point that I see both the dispensationalists and the Hebrew roots people completely abandoning. Completely abandoning. Look, the thing I, this this distressed me. Okay, uh, my wife and I have an acquaintance uh, who's in in Hebrew roots, mm-hmm. uh, who sat across from the dinner table from us mm-hmm. uh, some years ago. Uh-huh. And uh, was defending all of the feasts and the ritual, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, you know, if you want to right. recognize those, right. if you want to even celebrate them, right? Uh, okay, you know, maybe there's some tradition, right? But 
Mm-hmm. She looked us straight in the eye and said that because she celebrates, uh, she worships on a Saturday, right. celebrates feasts, right. does all these things, knows right. all the names, That's the right. Yeshua and mm-hmm. Shabbat, and you, yeah. you've got to speak Yiddish. Right. <laughs> the, because of all of that, she will be closer to Christ and God in heaven, oh, wow. in glory, oh, wow. than my wife and I. Oh, my. And, and said it with oh, a straight my, face. Oh, my goodness. That is works. Uh-huh. If that's not works, I don't even know what is. Yeah, it's true. But, I mean, that's just, that's the distressing kind of discussion mm-hmm. that you that, that I have right. with, you, with with Hebrew Roots people. Yes. And, and it just, it, it bothers me. Yeah. It, I, I, it, do I question their salvation? Mm-hmm. Because they're so into those works. Yeah. You know, and it bothers me that I think that way. Yeah, yes, that's right. We, we shouldn't have to come to that question when it comes to our brothers wanna, and sisters. No, yeah, I don't do, want to. Do I have to question your salvation? I, I don't want to. And saying. that's where brothers and sisters starts to get gray. Yeah, foggy, really foggy, really fast. I, I think, yeah. go ahead, Dad. And let me, let me just address that a little bit because, um, and I hope I'm not attacking a straw man here. I don't want to do that. But mm-hmm. with some of my Hebrew roots friends, I mean, you have to say Shabbat. Right. You, know, you can't say Sabbath. Right, that's you right. Know, you have to say Yeshua. Right. You, you can't say Jesus, right. as if somehow maybe I don't know, John. Does that get you closer to Jesus because, or closer to Yeshua because you say Yeshua, <laughs> you don't say Jesus, and you, and you say Shabbat? I, I don't know how that all works necessarily. Mm-hmm. But I said earlier that we're we're on a line here to d- deny Christ. Mm-hmm. We've already referenced that we're on a line here to, devo- to to deny the Greek New Testament. Right. Yes. Okay. It's true. And I'm going to tell you why that is. And I'm going to I'm going to um, go to um, John one one. Um, John, uh, you know, I know a tiny little bit of Greek, and some of these words, um, you, you know, you will recognize uh, Greek. Uh, John one one N R K, hein halagas, or ain halagas. Okay, that word R-K is John's word for in the beginning. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, the word was God, and the word was with, and the word yes. was God. Mm-hmm. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was God. Okay, um, N R K. In beginning, hein halagas, hein halagas was the word. Okay. Now, listen to this next word. En halagas hein prostan theon. Okay, now we get that word theon, mm-hmm. right? That's our word theology. That's a word for God. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, we're not allowed to say God. Right. That's right. We have to say Yahweh. That's right. But if we're supposed to say Yahweh, that's right. what's inspired John doing saying theos or theon, right. theon, if you will? Right. He could have said, uh, well, he, he could have said Yahweh. Yeah, that's right. Right? Or he should have said Yahweh, apparently. He should have. Right. Okay? Hebrew roots, people would have to say, we have to say Yahweh. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. God, you can't say God. Right. Well, if we can't say God, then why can God say Theon? Yeah. And if we're supposed to say Yahweh, eventually we're going to have to reject John. We're going to have to reject That's the right. great New Testament. That's right. That's true. And we're going to have to reject, and, and I don't see the possibility of not rejecting Jesus Christ. That, that's 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 an astute observation. Now, it says here on the, uh, okay, don't laugh again, Torah Babies website. It says, through transliterations from Aramaic. <laughs> and uh, Aramaic slash Hebrew. By the way, real quickly on Aramaic, if you know if they were speaking Aramaic back then, was, was Christ using, like, you know, was when he when he's speaking Aramaic, would he suddenly go into Hebrew to say God? And, and I mean, are they are they making that argument? Is there an Aramaic word for God? You know, was was Christ saying talk speaking Aramaic and then going into Hebrew for a split second and then coming back in Aramaic? Was he doing that? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, is can, is anyone making that argument? I don't know. 
Anyway, through transliterating uh, literations from Aramaic to Hebrew uh, to Greek to Latin to Old English to Modern English, he is now often called Jesus. Because of this, the unfortunate reality is that many do not know his name or the meaning of his name. It is our preference to use his real name, Yeshua, because Jesus is not his real name, which carries its intended meaning of Yahweh is salvation. The same applies for Yahweh. Most translations render the original Hebrew Yahweh as Lord. Yahweh is the name given to us in his word as the name of God. It is our preference to use his name as it was also Yahweh's preference to use his name in the word. We place much value on the Hebrew language and his name. Now my question is, I thought that even the Hebrews, the Jews didn't even say Yahweh. They said Jehovah. So they didn't take his name in vain, right? I mean, they came up with another word so that they wouldn't say Yahweh. Isn't that, isn't that right? Yeah, we have, they, they would... Um, they would say Jehovah. They never said Yahweh. Yeah, there, there are some folks today who, who do not uh, say that. Some Jewish uh, people... Uh, Orthodox Jewish people that won't say his name, even though Psalms, I believe, is 68. Uh, I ask for you to, to uh, praise him by his name. Mm -hmm. Point being for that is that um, why then would you say the name of, of, of G? If, if you're not going to say the, the name of, of Yahweh, or you are going to say the name of Yahweh, how do you know you're actually pronouncing it correctly? Right. Uh, here's what I'm saying um, Old Testament word, Joshua, mm -hmm. is Yeshua. Right. It's the same word. Uh-huh. Now, are we allowed to say Joshua? Uh-huh. Or do we have to say Yeshua? Mm -hmm. I mean, since we're be concerned about saying it correctly, Shabbat versus Sabbath, mm -hmm. how do you actually know you're saying it like they said it? Right. Uh, we don't have any tape recordings left uh, of it. So, uh, you know, if, if we're <laughs> going to be that precise, right. how do you know what you're doing yeah, at this point? We have to get into that legalistic nonsense. It is ridiculous. Yes. God calls us to justice, to love for him and love for our neighbor. He's right. told us how to do it. Right. And I don't think precise pronunciations right. of these names are part of the equation that's here. Right. That's right. I mean, I, that that this that is entering. I think that's how, honestly, I think that's how a lot of the pharisaical laws came about. They came about as like, a like a, I'm going to add a little bit here and started off as tradition, just saying, well, you, you can say whatever you want, but I'm going to say the original no different than not saying it out loud that's right that's what right we're just referencing yes yeah, right the holy namers i think is, is what they're called i don't know that i think i think they're that's what they're called the holy namers people won't say the the, the name like at all and i think they, the pharisaical tradition started off as a good idea but then they became law became a, a became a rule now john you said um the, the reason we're talking about this is because you recommended the podcast from uh, russell how do you say his name Treywick is the way I say Trawick. it. Yeah, on Recon Radio. On um, Recon Radio. And his, setting uh, the record straight, I think. Setting the record was, straight. Yeah. And I've heard a, a podcast from him and a podcast from Bo um, talking about how it's impossible, and they both reference R.J. Rushdoony's very astute observation on how it's impossible to actually follow Shabbat. Uh, like, it's like you can't even do it. Yeah, if you... Don't ask me to go through the calendar. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I understand it. There were set days that that were recognized as Sabbaths right. that make it impossible for it to be the seventh day of the week always. Mm -hmm. And and there are detailed arguments. Um, I can't remember, Joel, do you remember the name of the guy who's done all the, all the heavy lifting on this? Uh, I don't. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm, but uh, uh, Rush Dooney references it in his institutes. Okay. Uh, Bo Marinoff references it. And Russell Trewick does in, right. in, the, in the podcast. Uh, it, it's simply impossible to to worship on a Saturday. Right. First of all, it's 
it's a day of rest, not yeah. of worship. Not of worship, right? And it's it, it's simply impossible to do it on the seventh day mm-hmm. uh, without breaking the law at some point. That's right. It, it, you know, without contradicting what you're saying is the law, right? And so, uh, for for all we know, I mean, I I never considered this, but for all we know, according to the Hebrew calendar, um, yesterday could have been the Sabbath. I mean, if you're going to celebrate the true Sabbath day. It, it, I think Russell brought the point that sometimes it was a Monday, sometimes it was a Wednesday, sometimes it was a Thursday, just like your birthday falls on a different day every year. In some places, and if I'm not mistaken, in some places it's back-to-back. Oh, yes, that's right. Two days in a row, yeah. Right? Yes. So it, it's it's not possible. It's not possible. I want to I want to address something else as well. Um, earlier I talked about the whole bloodlines yes. situation here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, th- those who are somehow genetically connected to Abraham mm-hmm. have some kind of a, uh, a, a of a special standing before God. Well, mm-hmm. first of all, let's just back up a second. Genetic connection to Abraham. First of all, how do we even know that today? Right. You, you take a look at the bloodlines of the most of the people living in Israel, and it's Ashkenazi. It's, it's, not, it's not even Semitic. So, yeah. The, the dispersal, the diaspora, pretty much did away with the bloodlines. The destruction of the temple did, did away, away with, with the, the records. records. Yeah, the records so are gone. So we don't even know. You know, maybe someday with DNA testing, there's going to be a way to 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 get back. But it's but by know, that time, we'll probably all be descended from. <laughs> and that's a point that's already been made. That's but right. I'm sorry, I, I interrupted. No, no, you that, that, that's all right. Um, I, I do want to address that. And I want to address a, a verse from Esther, um, Esther eight seventeen. Oh my word, we're quoting Esther. Wow. Yeah, yeah, we are. Old Testament <laughs> application. And yeah, yeah, here, here we go. Here we go. Because, because I, I want to address this issue of well, hey, I'm a child of Abraham, right? Right. And I, and of course, the people came back from the captivity. We're all Jews, right? Mm-hmm. Well, let's see what a Jew was. Listen to this. And in every province, this this was when Haman, of course, was going to kill all the Jews, right? Right, mm-hmm. and then of course the king said, "No, you know what? The Jews themselves can arm themselves, and they can defend themselves." He didn't take away the original uh, proclamation: you're allowed to kill them, but he said, "Then you're, you are allowed to defend yourselves." Right, mm-hmm. and this is what happens. This is from Esther eight seventeen, and in every province and city, wherever the king's command and decree came, the Jews had only joy, or excuse me, the Jews had joy and gladness, a feast and a holiday. Listen to this. Then many of the people of the land, Persians, no connection to Abraham. Many of the people of the land became Jews uh-huh. because fear of the Jews fell upon them. Uh. Now, I'd like to know how. Yeah. Go again. We're, yeah. we're going to separate out <laughs> those dear people that were the Persians that became Jews right. and, inter- and married, you know, came back to, even to Palestine, perhaps, mm-hmm. probably did, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, I'm sure many of them did, right? Mm-hmm. And then how are we going to figure it out? Right now, um, right now in Israel, what they do is they say, or you, you know, they determine if you're a Jew, if your mother was a Jew. Right. 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 Well, um, what, what's the thought process behind that? I've always wondered why do they say, I, okay, we're going to go by your mother now. I, 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 well, it's the best they can do with an impossible situation. Okay. Uh, I mean, the Jews are God's chosen people, right? What if you've got a half a Jew, a half a God's chosen person? Right. How, how do you even begin to do this? Right. The records are gone. And we have no way of knowing who is a real Jew. Right. All right. Now, let, let me go further with that. 
we hear all the time, God will bless those who bless you and persecute those who persecute you, right? Mm -hmm. And we're supposed to bless Israel, apostate, godless, Christ-hating Israel. And I guess we're supposed to make a pilgrimage to, to Jerusalem, what, every three years or whatever the particular feast. I don't know. Right. Three times a year. Three, three, three times, times a year. As a feast of booths. No, no, that, that, no. no that, uh, I, I can't remember all the, all, all the feasts. Right. Perhaps I should. If you were Hebrew roots, you would. Yeah, I would. I, <laughs> I'd know them all. But if, unless I'm doing, but unless I'm doing uh, Jerusalem three times a year, then I'm not, who cares if I know it? Because I'm not doing it, right? Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. I, I, I want to introduce you to a Jewish man who cursed Jews. Mm -hmm. That, of course, would be, and I don't have it up here, but uh, actually uh, Paul did it twice in the book of Galatians. Mm -hmm. He pronounced a curse on anyone who preached another gospel. And the other gospel mm -hmm. was those who said you had to be circumcised in order to be saved. Yes. They were Jews. Yes. By any definition, they were Jews. And right. if you're going to do the uh, curse those who curse, then, then Paul himself is, a, is, is an example right. of one who in one book mm -hmm. pronounced two curses on Jews. On Jews. So you're gonna have you're gonna have to condemn Paul first of all right. if you're gonna line up that bless those who bless you. Now that was which that, is something actually that a lot of Hebrew roots people do. They don't they're not very happy with Paul. Yep, that that that, that is true. I, I have seen that with with Paul because Paul and and they have the same problem. And I'm I'm gonna make that Muslim Jewish roots connection here. Right. I know they're not gonna like it. Right. But I'm gonna tell you something. Muslims have a huge, they hate Paul. Mm -hmm. They hate Paul worse than anything because Paul would give no ground whatsoever on the, on the place and authority of Jesus Christ. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, so, so in, in, in saying these things, you have heard the approach that we here at the Mid-Atlantic Reformation Society take to the Hebrew Roots Movement. Eventually, you have to trash Christ. I, I, that's just the inevitable result. If you're going to follow this to its end, you have to trash Christ. And I've personally seen it in, in, in the article that I read. This guy, by, by taking such a lackadaisical, lukewarm approach to Christ and, and calling the, the, the Jews his brothers, where God has not called them brothers if you deny... Uh, God has not given the definition of what a brother is if you deny his son, Jesus Christ. You are not the brother. This guy calls them brothers. And he might just be saying that in a platonic sense, but I, I don't think he is from what he's saying. He, he's trying to hold the hands of the Jews and hold the hands of the Christians and saying, hey, I'm somewhere in the middle. There is no middle ground. You're with Christ or you are against Christ. And from what I'm reading here, it, it, it seems like this guy, from such a lackadaisical, lukewarm approach, it seems like he's against Christ, even though he calls him Yeshua. That still doesn't, it doesn't means nothing to us. So next time, hopefully, Lord willing, we're going to take a look at um, uh, Joel McDermott's book, The Bounds of Love, and uh, we'll, we'll discuss that, give a little review. Apparently, there's a lot of controversial things in there, uh, but very interesting stuff from what John's been telling us. Um, and uh, John, you said that uh, you're just happy with him even trying to tackle the subject in the first place. Well, kudos to Joel McDermott for taking it on. Yes. It is. It's, it's an it's a messy, messy topic. Yes, um, that that most people just gloss over. Uh -huh. um, I'm not sure he's got it. Right. I, I'm working my way through it. Yes. But I, I have to give him credit for taking it on. Okay. Yes. So we'll we'll take a look at that next month, Lord willing. Real quick, we're going to give a, uh, a plug for the conference coming up uh, July eighth, seventh and eighth, July seventh and eighth. Yep. 
we're going to have uh, speakers there. We have um, Gary North uh, via teleconference or via Skype, uh, Bo, Bo Marinoff and Tim Yarborough. We also have Martin Sel Brady, uh, uh, Matt Truella. We got uh, Buddy Hansen, uh, Charles Van Vake from South Africa. Uh, who am I missing? Richard Oliver. R Richard also, Oliver. Also going to be Roger. there. Roger Oliver. Roger, Roger Oliver. So, not Richard. Roger Oliver. Roger Oliver. Did you mention Martin? Uh, yeah, I mentioned Martin, Martin. Brady. Um, I think you've got everybody. I think I got everybody. I think last time we went through the list, I think we <laughs> missed one. And now, <laughs> hopefully, we're not missing one again. We'll insult somebody next month. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Who's turn? Okay, so real quick, Dad, why, why are we doing this conference? Yeah, this conference is uh, for a couple of reasons. What, what really generated this conference to, to begin with is when um, I, I, in some of my travels and in some of my uh, interactions with folks, I found an awful lot of people who feel absolutely alone. Uh -huh. they, they've, they've discovered the, the, the law word of God. Mm -hmm. uh, they go to their pastor, and the next thing they know, they're getting kicked out of church. Mm -hmm. I, I'm going to give a quick example of this, if, if I may. I don't mm -hmm. hear the music, so, so, so here we go. It's okay. <laughs> I, I, was just, I was just talking uh, yesterday to um, Seth Brown, uh -huh. uh, one of the elders in our, in our church. Yeah. He did a uh, presentation on the shack. Okay, mm -hmm. and um, of course he said what has to be said about the shack. Right, false gospel, right. false god, mm -hmm. apostasy. Yes. It's just all wrong. Yes, and so uh, you know it's the, the the shack is an attempt to make God in man's image. Yes, Absolute, is what it is. Absolutely. So he did a presentation at our church, the Independence Reformed Bible Church, and it, it got on YouTube. And he heard from a a, a, a person in another state. I'll say it that way, mm -hmm. and um, well, California. <laughs> <laughs> That'll help. Might help understand. Help that's, understand. that's another state in a couple of different levels. Political. Okay, is this better than People's Republic of California? All right. So here we go. And, and so um, she said she wanted to take this information to her the the, the uh, authorities at her church, the elders at her church. I'm sure, that's going to go well. Yeah, and, and Seth and I were talking about this is before now because he just heard from her recently again, okay? But this is before. And we were both saying, well, you know, I, I hope you, just by virtue of you doing this, I hope you're ready to look for another church, right? But, you know, we didn't know. Mm -hmm. Who knows? For all we know, they're going to say, thank you for this new information. We never thought of this, right. right? But, of course, that didn't happen. And Seth recently heard from her. She'd been thrown out of her church for bringing this up. Okay, not, not surprising. What does a person like that do? Um, we've known other people. I, I, I met a man who uh, is from Oklahoma, a doctor, a, a very bright guy. Um, very bright guy. Um, lots of children. Uh, met his children, met his wife. Really seemed like great people. Mm -hmm. And um, wanted to form relationships with other, with other folks. Mm -hmm. And um, thought they had some friends who were not, they, they were, well, they were Christians apparently. Mm -hmm. And thought they had a good friends. I mean, it's when you have a lot of children yourself, it's yeah. not the easiest thing to make friends with other, other folks necessarily. Right. Sometimes right. it's a little bit harder. Right. Lots of kids, you know, lots of responsibilities, that kind of thing. Um, so they thought they were making progress. And then one day, this, this guy, this doctor that I, that I met, um, just gave free of charge, <laughs> nothing else, as, as I understand the story, a copy of Rush Juni's Institutes, right? Mm-hmm. That was the end. That was the end of the relationship. That was the end of the relationship. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how many other books you could give to people and just kill a relationship like that. Uh, first Satanic Bible, you probably get further. I don't know. But um, point is, what, what germinated the ideas, uh, or, or how the ideas germinated, I should say it that way, 
was the realization there's an awful lot of folks out there who just don't have fellowship uh-huh. and they need encouragement. Mm-hmm. And that is why we, that, that's the original initial reason for creating this conference. Mm-hmm. The second reason was we want to encourage people to do things, mm-hmm. to do justice. Mm-hmm. And we want to see churches started throughout this country. Maybe, maybe there's just a couple families or whatever. Mm-hmm. A lot of people feel like, well, I can't do it. What, what, what am I? What can I do? Right. Well, maybe you have a friend or two somewhere. Maybe you can. Maybe you can start a fellowship. Maybe okay. you can begin an assembly. We want to encourage that. Here's here's why we're we're, we're so big on that. We're celebrating the 500th year of the uh, 500th anniversary of the Ref- Reformation. Mm-hmm. What the reformers had to do was to call people out of the church, right. which still claims exclusive rights to salvation, the right. Roman Catholic Church. Right. Okay, They had to call people out of that church, the church that Peter started, the only church with which you can find salvation. Mm-hmm. And what we're saying today is, listen, if your church, the church that you attend, is doing you more harm than good, mm-hmm. And you can do, and, and and you aren't being an influence. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's time to get out of there now. If you can, if you can be an influence, maybe you should stay. Right. But if all you're doing is getting beaten down and discouraged, maybe it's time to take your presence, and your influence, mm-hmm. and your dare I say money, mm-hmm. out of there. <laughs> Frankly, the, the 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 people who are running the church will be happier without you. Right. In most cases. In most uh, cases. And that's that's just the way it's, it's unless going to you're happen. a doctor, apparently. Well, yeah, I mean, that might be a little bit, little bit different to take his money away. But these are the reasons why we, we've uh, set this up. We want to encourage people to begin fellowships. We, we want to encourage them to, to do things. Mm-hmm. One, of the, one of the speakers, Tim Yarbrough, is going to be speaking on the topic of the successes and the failures of the Puritans and the separatists. Okay. So we want to communicate to people, hey, you know what, here's, here's where you stay, because the Puritans wanted to stay with the Church of England. Right. Here's where you're better off leaving. Okay. The separatists wanted to leave. Yeah. So we expect to get teaching on that point yes. and to encourage people to do the right yes. thing on behalf of the kingdom of heaven, stay or yes. go. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, John, um, one of the things that I like about this conference is the accessibility of all the speakers. You know, it's not going to be, uh, like I said, you know, we use this term a lot on this show, but it's not going to be Ivory Tower. They're not going to say their, do their speech and then walk away off the podium and you can't talk to them. You know, it's going to be easily accessible. Uh, say a couple words about how the speakers are going to be around for us to actually well, yeah. corner, as you will. Yeah, the, one of the things we did is schedule quite a bit of time, uh, kind of downtime, mm-hmm. um, so that between between the various sessions, people will be able to mingle and corner exactly. Yes, uh, they're guys. Uh, there are going to be people there. The, the speakers. Uh, Paul Raymond. Is Paul Michael Raymond. That's what we forgot. That's what we forgot. <laughs> Paul Raymond uh, is the other guy uh, that, that we did miss that we insulted this time. Uh, uh, Paul Raymond is going to be there. Matruella. All the, I mean, these guys are uh, they're breakout speakers. Yes. The one that's the ones that you mentioned. That's right. Um, the, these breakout speakers are phenomenal yes. theologians in yes. their own right. I know they could run a conference. They could themselves exactly yes. exactly. This, this thing is uh, boy, I, you know. I would be excited to go to this if yeah, we weren't putting it on. <laughs> <laughs> I'd travel several states. That's true. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's a great opportunity, not just to meet with these guys, but to meet with other people who are going to be coming to the conference, yes. who are like-minded in the same mindset that Joel was just describing. Yes. People who are out there feeling like they're all alone. Yes. Wait a minute. 
here, here we are it's sitting. That work exactly. Yes, uh, we've incur- we've gotten a big block of uh, rooms at the hotel, which is uh, the Crown Plaza in Y Missing uh, near Reading, Pennsylvania. Uh, so that most people are going to be staying there. Gosh, I don't you know. They've got a big lobby. People could stay up until the wee hours yes. and uh, Lord willing, spin some tails and yeah. lay some plants. That's right. The the point is uh, to engage in some really serious Christian fellowship here uh, and learning. Uh, and pick the brains of some of the the greatest minds yes. in theonomy and yes. reconstruction today. Yes, um, absolutely. Except and, for um, poor Gary North. It, well, but Gary's not going to be there. Gary's uh, not gonna be there. Uh, you know, he's graciously consented to dial in. Yes. Uh, and yes. and give us the the benefit of of his his learning. Uh, yes. I mean, one of the great things about uh, Doctor North is is the the body of work that yes. he has created in yes, his lifetime. Yes, absolutely. I once heard him described as a guy who writes books faster than most people read books. Uh, <laughs> that is true. It's it's astonishing. It so, is. Uh, it, it's a, a great opportunity. To hope hope people can uh, take advantage of and, it. And two extra people uh, for our AHA friends. Um, I mean, Bill Evans is going to be there. Um, who Jim Mogul, um, one of the other uh, one of the other guys on the board of directors of Mid Mid Atlantic Reformation Society. Uh, effectually nicknamed Billboard Evans. Billboard. <laughs> I think I need to reveal that nickname now. That's that's Bill's official nickname for us, Billboard Evans, which is perfect for him and his personality, in my opinion. Um, but he's going to be there, and um, another person who's also going to be there is going to be Russell Hunter, who were both both individuals who are very excited uh, are going to be attending. So, if, if you get a chance, go to thefutureofchristendom.org. And uh, check it out and register. That's going to come up in a couple months. And also, someone who's going to be coming, uh, we just found out a couple weeks ago, is Joel McDermott's going to be coming and setting up a table. So we're excited to see him there as well. So that's it for our podcast today, friends. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Be strong and courageous, my friends. Thanks for listening to Streetwise Theology, brought to you by the Mid-Atlantic Reformation Society and Reconstructionist Radio. Please visit reconstructionistradio.com and thinkandreform.org. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts, where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit reconstructionistradio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His kingdom.